0: Tonight's reading comes from the New Testament, Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake, while he sent people home. After sending them home, he went up to the hills to pray by himself. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking out on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, "'It's a ghost!' But Jesus spoke to them at once. "'Don't be afraid,' he said. "'Take courage, I am here.' Then Peter called out to him, "'Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, "'walking on the water.' "'Yes, come,' Jesus said. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind in the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why do you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed.
1: Ignition, how are we doing tonight? Oh, you look good. You look really good. There's a lot of you here. Uh, I, uh, I'm, was it a little crazy during breakout sessions maybe? Uh, was it a little chaotic? Okay. We're, we're going we're to figure all that out because, uh, I, and I just appreciate you bringing friends and, and because here's the thing about Ignition is that no matter how crazy it is or how hard the staff have to work or the leaders have to work, we think that you're worth it. We think that you matter so much to God. We think that you matter so much in this world that because God sent his son to die for you, that we would be willing to, at the very least, make a space where you can just be you for a little bit. Where you can hear God's word for a little bit. Where, where you can put down your stress for a little bit. Where you can, can just have an oasis in the middle of the week. Give me an amen if you need an oasis in the middle of the week, somebody. Hey! Wow, okay, someone really needs an oasis. Okay, so here's what we're doing uh, for the next couple weeks. We're going to start out this year with a series called Surprised by Jesus. Someone say, surprise! Surprise! surprise. Uh, so, Surprised by Jesus. And so, I almost, I almost decided to call this series Trust Issues because uh, we're going to talk about that, but it seemed a little negative, so I decided against it. Uh, but we're, what we're going to do in this series is we're going to talk about some people some people that, that has some very understandable, very understandable trust issues with Jesus. Now, here's the thing. You're smart, okay? You're, you're smart. You're like, I'm in a church. There's a pastor. He has a microphone. He's talking about the Bible. He wants me to, to you know, he's going to tell me that Jesus loves me, and he wants me to follow Jesus. All of that's true. You can read me like a book. I'm not that surprising, Okay? There's, and I'll tell you more things about me that aren't surprising as we go tonight, okay? Uh, but here's the thing Jesus, he will surprise you. The closer that you look at Jesus, the closer you want to be to Jesus. But the truth is that not everyone feels that. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit tonight. In this series, we're going to look at some of the reasons why people have some, some uh, difficulties trusting Jesus and how they've been surprised along the way. And so uh, next week we're going to talk about like, well, well wait a second, uh, what's the deal with that whole eternal life thing? Like, is there, are there some people that are in, you know, some people that are out? What's the deal with all of that? And, and like, I thought that God was loving. How could there be people that are out if, it's, if there's a God that's loving? We're going to talk about these things because these things, well, they, they make a big difference. Not only in how we see faith, but how we treat people. It, it makes a big difference when, when you look at, like, okay, if I'm going to spend all my time, or not all my time, but I'm going to spend a lot of time coming to church and worshiping Jesus, is this real is there any evidence for this? Or, or is this just something that, that people do because of culture? Or is this something people do to make themselves feel better because people die? And right, so we're going to examine, is there any evidence? Is there any evidence to this faith? Is there any evidence to this Jesus being more than just a guy? And so tonight what I want to do is I, I want to talk about Um, how, how do we, or what really happens? Like when we trust Jesus, when we follow him, which when you follow somebody, like, you know, when you follow someone on social media, you're trusting them to fill your feed with some things that are good, right? Sometimes you're like, you look at someone's account and you're like, I don't think that I want to follow you. You know what I'm saying? Or you just want to get back at someone. So unfollow. Thank you very much. Oh whoa! So that was really real for the front row over here. Okay, so so anyway, <laughs> we should talk sometime. All right. So here's here's what what I want to say though is that when you follow someone, you're taking a chance. There's a risk. There's some vulnerability that's involved in that. And so to to understand that a little bit more, I want to tell you um, about. Uh, well, the car that I drive. So uh, in college, I used to drive this, like, SUV. I got it from my dad. Uh, who He'd had it for a while. And, you know, like, how many of you drive a car that someone else has driven before, okay? And it, and it makes those noises. And you don't notice the noises, but when, you, like, when you're in the car, but then your friend gets in their car, and they are like, am I safe? Is this gonna be okay? Right, like, that's the way this car was. It made all sorts of noises, and I just kind of got used to it. You know, there was the, maybe the alignment was out of whack, maybe the tire was flat, and maybe there were multiple oil changes that I missed, but uh, it still was going, and everything was fine, and I just didn't notice. Well, so fast forward, I, I have this car, and uh, I marry my wife, Michelle, and uh, I just heard a girl go, uh Yeah, I married her, yeah, we've been married for 11 years. It's, it's still, no, don't go aw again. <laughs> That is the exact opposite of what I hoped would happen. Uh, So, stop saying, aw. Then we had babies, aw, okay. Mm. So, Elliot, he came along, he just turned five, aw, yeah. And we put Elliot in the danger car, okay. No, that is not an aw. So we put Elliot in the danger car, and, uh, and it's making all the noises, and then we find out that uh, Michelle's pregnant with Emma, our second. Stop the awes! Okay, for real, should we just do one last one all together? Can we just do one last one? Okay, and then we're promising not to do any more because there's a talk, and at some point it becomes annoying. So here we go, one, two, three. Okay, and then those of you that are tempted right now to do another one, That would be annoying. That would be annoying. It would be annoying. That was not permission. Okay. Don't be that guy. All right. Bella, don't be that girl. All right. So we're pregnant with our second, and Michelle says, we are not putting another baby in the death machine. And so you know what we had to do? We went, to, we went to the car dealer, and, and now this was an SUV. This was kind of, I, I wouldn't say like, a, like it was macho. You know. It wasn't like a souped up a four-wheel drive pickup or something. Like it, was, it was an SUV, okay? But I, I at least felt like a man driving it, okay? And you know, we get to the car dealer, and I'm looking at the SUVs, and Michelle says, come on over here. And you know what she was pointing me to? One of these. One of, the, one of these things, yeah. So uh, you know what I ended up driving and what I drive every day to this day the minivan, okay, okay. It, now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, hand me your man card right now. Hand it to me. And I, I got to be honest with you, I was doubting it the whole time. I saw it, I'm like, honey, honey, you need to understand. People are going to see me in this van, okay. I can't have any people seeing me driving around town in a minivan, okay. And, and I know that it's safe for our children. You know what else is safe for our children? A manly vehicle that has a car seat in the back. Okay, we could do that. And But she was all about the minivan. And I was a doubter until, until I took it for a test drive. I was like, well, wait a second. This is actually kind of nice. This, this, this has a way smoother ride than my SUV. Well, the seats... You can, like, move all the seats. Did you know I finished my entire basement? How manly is that? I finished my entire basement. I did not rent a trailer once. I put everything in the back of my man van, okay? And that's right. All right. And it, it, took, it took a test drive. It took a test drive for me to say, okay, maybe I need to open my mind to the minivan. Maybe I need to open my mind to the minivan. And I want, want to encourage you that maybe maybe you're here tonight and you think, church, Jesus, man, that's like driving a minivan. I don't want to see people, I don't want people to see me driving a minivan. I don't wanna have to hand, hand over my man card. I don't, I don't want to have to, whatever that is. I don't want to, I don't want to have, and so you have some doubts. You're, you're, maybe you're doubting Jesus because of your past experiences or your assumptions. Or you're doubting church. And really, I think there's a lot of reasons to doubt church. Not very many to doubt Jesus when you actually look close. And, and here's the thing about, about you and me, is that we all doubt certain things. We all have trust in certain things. And here's the thing about doubt and trust. Here's the thing about doubt and trust. Let's put this on the screen. Okay. Doubt does two things. One is good, one is bad. Doubt protects us. You know when your ex texts you back and you're doubting if you should text them? Don't text them back. That protects you, all right? Now, here's the other thing. Say for a second, say for a second, you, um, once upon a time, this is not a story about me, once upon a time, there was a couple and everybody loved this couple. They were just the, the cutest couple in the whole school. They'd walk through the halls holding hands. And, and then, then one day, one day, she found out that he had cheated. And so you, you, know, what, you know what she said? She said what everyone who cheat, gets cheated on says. They say, I'm never dating anyone ever again. I'm swearing off men. I'm swearing off women. I'm swearing off love. I'm, swearing, you know, there, there's all sorts of things that people say, and then they're, they're like, "I'm going to limit." I'm never. It's, it's like, wait a second. You're really. You're never going to get married because someone cheated on you in your high school relationship. If that was your friend, you would probably say, "Uh huh, honey. Yes, I know. Uh huh." And then, then you know that she would probably find someone else to date in the next six months. Can I get an amen? right? See, here's the thing, is that doubt, doubt, you know, if you get cheated on and you have doubt in love, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. But if you go, some of you like can't handle the cheated story. It's not even a real story, okay? It's just a, just an example. Uh, is Is it too real? Is it too real? I'm sorry if it's too real. So if it limits you from experiencing relationships that you're meant to experience, well, that's a problem. And when the Bible talks about doubt and says don't doubt, it doesn't say don't ever have that fear that something might not lead in a good direction. It's saying, it's saying don't miss out on what you're made for because you're too scared. Don't miss out on the, the love that you're made for in your life, in your life with God, in your life with your friends, with your family. Don't miss out on the love that you're made for because you're scared, because you doubt because you've been hurt before. Now here's the thing with trust. Everyone say trust. Trust. Say it again, trust. Trust. Say it like you're gonna trust. trust, trust. All right, trust is essential for connection. If you don't have trust, is your relationship with your friend gonna work? Is it gonna work if you don't trust your friend? Some of you are like, I don't trust my friend. We've made it work. It's like, that's not a good friendship. Okay, there's better for you, honey. All right? So trust is essential to be connected. But Here's the other thing. Trust is scary because you have to open up. And you have to show who the real you is. Trust in God? Man, do I want to see people seeing me at church? Do I do I want to actually like worship God? Do do I do I really trust that He even exists? There's a vulnerability to all of that. Let's just be honest about it. And it can be a little scary. And so if you're here and you're, you're looking around, you're like, I don't know where my people are. I don't know if I can trust anyone. I get it if you're like, get me out of here right now. But I don't want you to be limited. I don't want you to miss it. And if you're here and you've been coming here for like four years and, and you, you're just like, like, I'm all about ignition, but you haven't grown one iota in your relationship with Jesus, it's time for you to open up and actually get vulnerable. It's time for you to actually do it. Because if, if you actually engage in trust, do you know there's a w- another word that's the same word for trust in the Bible? Faith. And nothing about our relationship with God and nothing about what we do here is worthwhile if faith isn't involved because faith is the fuel. Trust is essential for all relationships, including your relationship with God. So I said that we're gonna ask the question, what happens When you follow Jesus, not when you just attend ignition. You can follow Jesus attending ignition. You can also just come to ignition and miss Jesus entirely. Did you know that? I hope that 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 isn't your experience. I hope that when you come to ignition, you actually experience the living God for yourself. I hope that you don't miss it. It's so easy to miss. There's so many distractions. There's so many reasons that that you could, and it could just be, there's the cute boy over there. It could could just be, like, that could just be all that it is. And God's trying to, like, say, hey, I want to speak into your life. I want to encourage you. I want you to know how important you are. I want you to stop hating yourself. I want you to stop cutting yourself. I want you to look in the mirror, and I want you to say, okay, all right, God has me here for a purpose. I want you to look in the mirror and say, okay, all right, I can have confidence when I walk into school Not because other people think well of me, but because the only person that their opinion of me matters. Well, he thinks well of me. So what does it mean? What happens when you follow Jesus? See, uh, Peter and and the disciples, they were out in a boat. And while they were out in a boat, they were uh, rowing across this lake. This big lake. Mountains and stuff on, e- on either side. And so uh, the, the weather and stuff would, would frequently, there would be like surprise storms that would show up. And so they're on the lake. Jesus, he's up like on the mountaintop, like praying, doing Jesus things, you know, talking with his heavenly father. And, and so then the disciples, they're like trying to get across. Uh, and then the storm just shows up. Maybe like you're like, yeah, the storm shows up. That's called junior year of high school, okay? Like, the storm shows up, that's called I mean, that, that breakup after a year relationship. The storm in my life, you know, that's called all the friend drama. Can I get an amen for the friend drama? That's not an opportunity to amen them causing the drama in the face, okay? Like, don't do that. That's not kind. So they're struggling. And these are fishermen. They know how to row a boat. They know how to handle a storm. Just out of curiosity, how many of you, you would say that, uh, I know I gave some examples. How many of you would say there's something in your life that is stormy? Anyone here that would say, there's something that's hard. There's something that I'm, I like, it's hard to row through and get where I want to go, okay? There's some people that are honest here. How many of you, you, you didn't raise your hand because you just didn't want to, but that's you. Go ahead and just raise your hand now. There's your hand now. Okay, yep. I know the type. I know the type. I'm that type too. Okay, so... This is something they couldn't do on their own, and maybe you've heard this story before. Jesus, he surprises them, and he starts walking towards them. Bible says that they were out in the middle of the lake, and they see him walking there. And I mean, how would you feel? How would you feel if you were, you were like trying for literally, literally for hours to row yourself to safety and then all of a sudden you see someone just walking, just, just walking right over the waves that are about to kill you? I mean, you're already freaking out. You're like, no, I'm seeing things. And so the disciples, they were like, it's a ghost. Here's the thing. When it comes to following Jesus, I want you to know that he is going to surprise you. You are going to be surprised. And so so here's the first thing I want, there's three things I want you to know. The first thing is following Jesus means you're going to be surprised. If you have not been surprised by Jesus in a while, you might not be following him right now. And it might be time to let him show you who he really is. Because if he's God then it matters for every single part of your life. And if, and if he's not God, then it doesn't matter at all and we shouldn't do this. But if he's God, there's nothing more important than this and hearing God's word. In fact, what happens is they say, oh no, it's a ghost. That's what they thought. Have you ever met someone that they're like, oh, I know about Jesus. And then they tell you something that you're like, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's what what it really says in the Bible. I don't think that that's really like what Jesus is like. Have you, you ever had that experience? Yeah. Have you ever had the, the experience where, where someone's like, essentially they make, you know when someone judges you, and you're like, you don't even know me, man. Doesn't feel good. No one likes that. Of course, people do that to Jesus. But here's the thing. We all do it to, even those of us that love Jesus, we all assume, well, Jesus is like this. He fits in this box. If you have a comfortable Jesus, he's never challenged you. My guess is that you're not really following Jesus, you're stagnant with Jesus. My guess is that Jesus is ready to to bust up whatever box that you have put him in and to say, this is where you're allowed to be in my life. This is is who you really are, Jesus. Let me tell you who you are. Uh, Jesus is going to surprise you. So they didn't think Jesus was going to come to him. In fact, when they came, they thought he was a ghost. And some of you, you're resistant to Christianity because you don't understand Christianity. You think you do, but you don't. You just don't. It's not your fault. What actually is happening is that you're resistant to a Christian that you don't like. Not to Jesus. And I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. I think you'll be very surprised. If instead of trying to follow, uh, saying, oh, do I want to follow Jesus and be like that Christian that I don't like? You might be looking at me and saying, I don't want to be like him. He's obnoxious. Yeah, a little bit. But don't follow me. When you follow Jesus, you're going to be surprised. When you follow people, you'll be disappointed every time. Every time. And so, you know, Peter, he sees sees Jesus out there. He thinks Jesus is a ghost too. And you know what Jesus does is he he very lovingly and gently says, hey, it's me. You don't need to be afraid. It's, I'm here. And so Peter sees Jesus walking on the waves like they're nothing, even though they're about to kill him and his buddies. And surprise, Peter, he says, Okay, if it's really you, have you ever tested God out? God, if you're really there, give me an A on this test. Like, you ever had one of those moments with God? Like, he, he's like, if it's really you, Lord, tell me to walk out there with you. And so he, he says, yeah, come on out. And you guys, Peter actually walked on water. And I know for some of you, you're, you're skeptical, and I totally get that. That's that's can definitely be a challenging thing. And we're gonna talk about the evidence for, for the stuff that matters the most in Christianity. So we'll get to that. So come back this, next week and the week after. You're gonna hear about that. But here's what, what I want you to know is not only are you are gonna be surprised by Jesus, when you follow him, you get to walk on top of the waves in your life. You get to walk over your waves. Can you imagine what it would feel like instead of the waves crashing down on you, you walked on top of your waves? If instead of the pressure crashing down on you, you walked on top of the pressure? Can you imagine what it would feel like to instead of the drama crashing down on you, you walked on top of the drama? What if instead of sickness crashing down on you or your family, you walked on top of that What if instead of the, your parents like, being on the brink of divorce and, and like, you, you don't even know if you even matter to either of them right now, like, like you're, you're just like, the waves are crashing on you, crashing on you. What if you could walk on top of that? Jesus, He walked on top of the waves. What do you do with your waves? Well, Jesus said, "Peter, step out of the boat. Come with me." follow me and i'll show you what it's like it's not have waves crashing on you but to walk on top of the waves and my friends you you might have some waves in your life but you do not have to let them crash on you crash on you crash on you i don't want to do more teenage funerals i've done too many some of you, you've had some mental health things where like the waves of depression are just crashing on you, crashing on you. And I'm not saying that you get religious and then mental health goes away. No, what I'm saying is that your mental health and your spiritual health are, are inextricably linked. And there's a way for you to, to be free. There's a way for you to learn to walk on the waves. Jesus is calling you out of the boat. It's time to get vulnerable and say, yeah, you know, I've had some trouble, and I need some help. And when you do, you're stepping out of your comfort zone. You're stepping out of the boat, and you're stepping onto the waves, and you're wondering, am I going to sink? Am I going to sink? And you know what Peter's experience was? When he followed Jesus out, he, he realized, like, oh, I am not sinking. And he walks until, maybe this is you, until he started Instead of focusing on the one that allowed him to walk on top of the waves, he started focusing on the waves. All the distractions, all the pressures, all the things that come into our life. And what he did is he lost sight of what matters most. Some of you are here and you are like, man, I haven't been to church in a while. Some of you are here and you are like, you know, my faith was like really important to me. And I don't know what happened. And I want you to know, I've been there personally. And I just want you to know, it's, it's just time to come on back. Because when Peter lost his way, when Peter lost sight of what mattered most, here's what I want you to know, that following Jesus means that he is faithful even when we waver. He's faithful even when we miss. He's faithful when we lose sight. And so maybe you are here and you're like, do I want to actually, like, look closer at this? I mean, I've always thought church seemed a little boring or irrelevant or illogical. Like, do I really want to spend time doing this? And some of you, the answer is yes, because your crush goes here. And and that's cool. You can still come here. But did you know that it's not an accident that you're here? And you're like, yeah, man, my mom made me come. It's like, okay, but it's not an accident that it matters to your mom because I believe, and I wonder if you believe too, that you were made for more than this world can offer you. And that even when you waver, even when you start to sink, I wonder if you Know that you have someone that's ready to reach out and grab you right away. I wonder wonder if you know that you matter that much to God. Because Jesus didn't just reach down into the water and say, ah, don't sink. He came down from heaven to earth and he put on a nervous system and skin and bone. And he didn't come just to be like, all right, everyone, follow my good example. He came to earth to die for you. So that every single one of your mistakes, anything that would cause you to sink or anything that, that's not your fault, that the waves just kept crashing down, to every single one of those things, it would not have power over you, but that you could walk. Can you hear me? Good. I want you to hear this. You I think that was Satan in the microphone, all right? all right. Here's what I want you to know. No matter what happens, no matter what you've done, because he didn't just reach his hand down into the water to pull Peter out. He came down to earth to die on a cross for you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows all the drama in your life. He knows all the skeletons in your closet. He knows every way that you failed him, and he still looks at you, and he says, you matter to me. He says that you're everything to me. He says that you don't have to feel that way about about yourself. You don't have to be afraid anymore. What you need to know, what you need to know, is that he's faithful. Thank you. He's faithful. Even when you waver. Even when you waver. So I want you to know, whether you want him to be or not, Jesus is walking towards you on the water. And he's going to try to get in your boat. It's no accident that you're here. And so my question for you is, will you, will you trust him? I'm not saying, like, will you, like, leave here tonight? I'm a Christian. I'm like, if that happens, cool. That's great. God can do that. That, that happens. What I usually see happen the story I hear most often is, you know, I came and I heard you talking about Jesus and it was, you know, it kind of op- opened my eyes to a couple things. There was one thing you said I didn't agree with and and by the way, that's okay. We create space here so that you can ask some of life's biggest questions. In fact, next week I want you to come back because we're starting small groups next week. So after this time, and some of you, like, I can see you, like, you're talking to your friends right now. I love small groups. Like, for a lot of you, that's your favorite part of ignition. For some of you, you're like, oh no, no. People, okay, like that's still scary for you, all right. But even the ones that of uh, the ones among us who are like, "Oh no, people," that is where you're going to fall in love with this time. So press through that. Step out of the boat. Engage in your group. Don't sit on your phone in breakouts because those are the only people that you know. Go, go meet some people. Well, that's scary. It's scary to get out of the boat but have you considered the alternative? The alternative is missing it. And I don't want you to miss it because God's in your boat. God is here for you. God himself. He's in your boat. And so whatever it is that you're going through right now, I want to challenge you. Come back next week. See what else he has for you. See what else he might have to correct you about how you've thought of him. See what else he might have for you. Because he doesn't have anything he needs from you. He only has something that he wants for you. And it's to experience his power and his love. And that's why when Jesus climbed in the boat in the storm went away all the disciples they said you, you really are you really are the son of God and I hear that story way more often than oh I came and heard a sermon and now I, I'm a Christian I hear the story of I came back I came back and I met some people and I and I got a little vulnerable and and and, and so I, I learned a little bit and 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 God started to open my eyes and, and my mind and and all of a sudden I realized that God was with me and all of a sudden it started to change how I interacted in my family and with my friends, and all of a sudden I I I, I just realized I'm a different person. I just realized He changed me from the inside out. And I wonder if you've ever experienced that. Because you could. It's for you, because God is in your boat. Amen? Amen. We're going to sing a song, and here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. You might be tempted right now to, like, talk to to some of your friends and and say, this is what I thought about that, this is what I thought about I want you to, during this song, like, if your friend's talking to him, punch him. Just punch him. No, don't punch him. No violence, okay? But during this song, I want you to, to actually, like, focus your mind. I want you to, like, even picture Jesus walking to you. And I want you to make room for him. Turn to neighbor and say, I'm going to do what he said. I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to do it. All right? So let's sing together, everybody.